0: Welcome to the Build Better Brands podcast. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me. It's um, my pleasure. Obviously, um, I asked you to be on the show today because you are a brand consultant. You know a lot about brand. You run your own business, um, and you also care about sustainability. And I thought, you know, it's what. Uh, how can I not ask you on? So
1: I'm gonna leave around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally, up right. the so road. The so true.
0: Um, so yeah, I just one of the things that um, kind of struck with me as well is the fact that this podcast is called Build Better Brands, and then your your own podcast is called Make Things Better and Make Better Things. Mm-hmm. So literally, it was like it had to happen. Well, so thank right. you, thank you for being here today. So that's
1: a lovely overlap, actually. I've, I'd forgotten about that, and it is interesting. You know, we can build bad brands better. Or we can build better brands, and I think that's uh, an important differentiation that sometimes we forget when we're talking about branding. We measure we measure the wrong things actually,
0: yeah, and
1: then get awards for measuring the wrong yeah. things as well.
0: No. Very good point. Um, for those that don't know who you are, tell us a bit about you.
1: Okay, uh, Mark Shayla. I've been working in sustainability since 1991, um, which was before it was a a thing before it's cool anyway um, um i've worked in design of products packaging houses roads neighborhoods i've worked in sustainability strategy for the major supermarkets i've worked in um, environmental auditing waste minimization it used to be called so waste analysis mass balance i've worked in carbon footprinting and net zero currently we're all about all about net zero which is good and bad in probably equal measure um so the sustainability stuff long long pedigree is what i do when you can change someone's mind about sustainability you can normally change their mind about other things so i get invited into businesses as the sustainability guy in a bigger innovation process and i'd sit and watch the process thinking i could do this Okay. And I'm being paid X. Yeah. And they're being paid ten X. <laughs> I could do this. Mm. So I then started to work in innovation, uh, which was lovely. Um, and I worked in brand. I don't. I, I don't work in brand articulation. I don't do the creative at all. I do the provocation. So what do you stand for? Yeah. Who cares? What, Purpose. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. If you weren't here tomorrow, what really? What would? Who would miss you? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, and how can you become? jerry garcia has got this great quote it's not good enough to be the best of the best you've got to be the only the only one that does what you do and the work that i do in brand is around that you know what is it you're doing and, yeah. and why yeah so um that kind of emerged at the same time so i've got the sustainability i've got the innovation I've got the brand prov um and then when you do those things you get asked to speak about those things and i'm quite a good public speaker
0: Yes, I know. That was how we met. Was it? Which, yeah. which event was it? Yeah, so I was at Birmingham Design Festival. Oh, yeah. And you did a talk, and it was a bit of a last-minute decision, and I was there with, with my sister, um, and we listened to you, and it was the first time I'd I'd seen and heard a talk that was just so exciting and interesting, And the, and you used a lot of music as well yeah. with your slides, and... And it was so refreshing as well to see a presentation that just wasn't full of words. Yeah. You know, there was imagery, team with the music. Um.
1: Design is a superpower, that presentation yeah. was. I remember it really, yeah. really well. And I, and I went along. Um, is it Luke? Yeah. Yeah, Luke yeah. asked me Luke to go Tongue. along. Yeah, lovely yeah, guy. Really yeah, lovely. Yeah, he's nice. And it was nice. To, well, do you know what was really lovely? Because we both live in the Midlands, for those that haven't picked up the twangs. Um <laughs> and there's a band, Um, we both live in the Midlands, and it's nice to do some work that was on my doorstep, Mm. and I'm a massive fan of Birmingham, I think it's beautiful, and and really easily overlooked, and and really easily confused for an accent, they're they're very different things. I get
0: this all the time, a lot of people think I'm from Dudley, and I've got nothing against you know... Dudleyans but I'm not from Dudley. You're not black country no. No. you're Birmingham right? Yes. That's exactly yes.
1: it. <laughs> so I remember that I remember that i really well so so I speak I, I mean god back in the day before Covid I used to be speaking probably once every fortnight and then I wrote a book on speaking well a, a friend of mine um, David Hyatt David and Claire Hyatt they created something called the Do Lectures gosh some six, 17 years ago maybe even longer when did I speak there 20 yeah, about, about 2007, they created something called the Do Lectures, and um, over the next few years I got involved gently, and then they wanted some founding partners to you know, put a bit of time, a bit of money, a bit of support in, yeah. so I did that, and, um, and and grew to speak and compare those yeah. things, and that's what led to me writing the book for the Do. That's what I was just prepare. about
0: to, yeah. to ask, because I've read, well, I've listened to your book on Audible, and... Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, that, that was
1: disrupt. Really I oh, do
0: disrupt. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. that's on Audible. Yeah.
1: Um, but I wrote Present just before lockdown. It mm-hmm. launched on April the second, twenty twenty. I think. I don't know what year. I think it was. Yeah, twenty twenty <laughs> yeah. was the year of COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. It launched April the second, twenty twenty, which is the ba- a really bad time to launch a book on public speaking mm. when there's no public speaking. But it's what it's meant is I've not been able to record the audio. Okay. Version. But that, that'll yeah. that'll change.
0: Okay. Now. Well I'll definitely check that out. Um I'll give you a book before you go. Amazing, thank you. But what I loved about it was it was short. Sometimes you listen to these books and there's so much information it can yeah. be overwhelming. But yours it was nice and short, it was very creative, but also it didn't the really good thing about it is it didn't give you all the answers. And I think sometimes books do that. Yeah. It kind of it gives you the opportunity to get a pen and paper out, which is something that I'm a big advocate for. You know, getting your ideas down on paper, um, and it gives you the opportunity to really think. About, it's interesting you say yeah.
1: that. You know. it, so, someone once said, and I wasn't certain if he was being polite or rude. The best thing about your book is all the things you left out. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what he means, right? I know yeah. I know what he means. Um, it's a provocation rather than a solution. Yeah. And and I think that's important. But when we started writing those books, um, I thought we were all writing workbook. I thought they were all activity books. Okay. I was one the five of us. Yeah. Originally. So I'm thinking, well, we're all going to be writing these activity books, one on purpose, one on this, one on birth, writing a birth plan, one on business. I can't remember which one it was, Les McKinnon's book. And um I was the only one that read. everybody else wrote proper books. Mine's <laughs> so the one where you've you got to get, get your, pen and your pen in your pen.
0: No, but I love that though. Yeah,
1: it's it's you know what it sells well. Um, it, it's a good book. It's a really nice book to order your thoughts before you start a thing, yeah. a startup or a, mm. or a side project. Mm. Um, do present is my is my favourite do book, but I wrote it, so I'm allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> And I really enjoyed writing that. Mm. That was like, that's like, and it's not just about presenting. It's, mm. it, do you know what it is? It's about finding your own voice. It's about bringing your voice to to the table and standing behind your voice and having something to stand up for. And then how do you take it onto stage. Yeah. So the second half is, or the second, you know, maybe the last third mm. is going onto stage. And then the very last bit is how you take all of that off the stage and do something with it in your life. But we start with, you know, what you're for, who gives a shit? You know, why should anyone listen yeah. to you in the first place? Mm. Um, and to remove those constraining beliefs. So, yeah, so I wrote, I've written those books. Um, and then during lockdown, everybody came home. My my the eldest daughter and her husband da- and my granddaughter came home. Uh, my son came back from university. My middle daughter finished traveling and came back home. And our youngest daughter's still at school. And so we had all this, I had this cheap labor knocking about <laughs> so we thought we'd do some exciting stuff mm-hmm. and you know when you give young people space and encouragement and the tiniest of budgets they grow amazing things yeah and, and they've grown um a little project called reasons to be cheerful which we'd started maybe the september 2019 before lockdown as a, as a talk series within the good life experience but it took on its own life, it took on its own good life yeah. and, um, and became a publishing house and you've written for us and it's beautiful and, and, the, and I'm so proud and we, we've got a, a live event this year, so we're going to do a live event in September. Okay. Um, not quite certain where, right. location's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, exciting, I, I, don't like...
0: think I, I don't think I knew that.
1: No, we just decided, well, <laughs> you, we, no, to be fair, we decided <laughs> back end of last year, but... I'm oh, not, not telling people yet. Yeah, so how long, does, when's this out? Um,
0: it won't be out for probably a month or nah, so. we will fine
1: then. We'll have, we'll have told people by then. <laughs> and if not, this will be the launch. Yeah. Um, I've told people. I've mentioned it loads. <laughs> so um, we've got a live event because we're, you know, we're, we're very good at finding speakers who resonate deeply with the times and with our audience and we find them in places where normal, normal, normal speaker agencies or, or events don't look. Yeah. Very good at that. Mm. And so um, to have a one-day kind of reasons to be cheerful live is something we've we've always wanted to do. Um, and then with no reason not to, so we're gonna we're amazing. Gonna do it. Yeah, I'm very excited.
0: I'm super excited about that. No, really looking forward to it. And um, one of the things that stood out to me, and it's something you've talked about before is this idea of um overcoming this sort of inner voice mm. you know you talk a lot about people kind of losing their voice and 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 having self-doubt because of lots of little things that have happened in the past that have made them doubt themselves yes yeah. um i think that's super powerful
1: it is you know and and i didn't talk about the workshops that we run but um the the two of the workshops that we run deal with these constraining beliefs one's called Fear of Moving On Mm. FOMO and one is the Presentation Skills Workshop or the Authentic Presenting Workshop because we as individuals we um, move through life like a sponge soaking up everything that happens to us more importantly everything that happens to other people and we take them and, and they become us And so we, we, the things that kept us safe, you know, don't climb that ladder, it's scary up there, become a debilitating fear of flying, potentially, or, you know, you've got nothing important to say, my voice is more important. That's normally said by someone that fears you, a boyfriend. That's
0: that's interesting. Or a girlfriend. Okay.
1: Or, or I'm doing inverted commas, like a rabbit. A a friend at school who's a frenemy, really. Yeah. Or a parent, potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, don't be bigger than me. Um, And... And, and therefore we, we trim our own voice and I had I had this had an amazing conversation with somebody on a workshop on, on, on the presentation workshop um, second gen- generation immigrant um, these are weird words um, his parents were first generation mm. and wanted to stay small and unseen because it was a difficult time in the 1970s racism was rife um, yeah. I'm not saying that problem solved at all but at that point it was really bad yeah and so his mum always said stay quiet yeah and consequently this voice has never been nurtured um and and it was said with care right it was all said with care you know you'll be safer if you're quiet well that becomes to the only way of staying safe is to be quiet that becomes if you speak out it's dangerous Mm -hmm. that becomes i'm not going to say anything and so all of that and the work on fear of moving on. And actually when we look about when we look at brand as well and the way a business functions, purpose. If we have really tight and constrained beliefs about what we can and can't do, it's almost like we're in too small a pot. We're in two we're a plant that's in too small a pot and our roots can't spread and if our roots can't spread our crown can't grow high and if our car- crown can't grow high it can't grow wide and if it can't grow wide it doesn't photosynthesize properly and it doesn't feed the roots and you get into this cycle where you've made yourself small on purpose and, and for all the right reasons it's safe but that's not what you're supposed to be you're supposed to be you-sized And some people are big, and some people are small, and some people are flamboyant, and some are really less flamboyant, and some are timid, and some are brave. We're all brave. And some are creative, and some are, everyone's creative.
0: Yeah, I say that all the time. Everyone's
1: creative.
0: You know, when you think about when you're a child, and and it's natural to draw and play and dance, and you do it with with no inhibitions and Mm. no worries, and then as we get older, we become conscious, and Mm. all of a sudden, oh, I can't draw, and... And and it's this fear of judgment I yeah. think that stops. Well,
1: it so I talk about this in the present book. It's this fear of judgment. It's my I did a timeline of freedom and that those first eleven years you're pretty free, but it declines because sometimes it's you that realises what you're doing could be seen as different. Mainly it's your folks or your teacher who can see your eccentricities as being something that could potentially be singled out in a world where comfort being conforming or com- in a world where we want to conform and not stand out at certain times in our lives, we take the rough edges off. So we become pebbles. I quite, I quite like, I quite like jagged edges. I quite like those difficulties. And James Victoria says it beautifully, but much better than me. The thing that made you weird as a kid makes you brilliant today. And I really like that, you know. Hold on to those eccentricities because they were there, and then we're worried that we'd get judged by, or other people get worried that we get judged by them, and we t- and we trim them. And I don't think that's helpful.
0: Mm. Do you think that businesses, you know, we do, we're, at the minute we're talking about individuals, mm. aren't we? But ultimately, businesses are built on people's beliefs and and what individuals want to happen. Do you think businesses have that same problem then?
1: Yeah, totally. I think there are two elements to talk about here. Firstly, businesses are made of individuals and and we (coughs) keep ourselves small in our normal life and therefore maybe we do that at work. Maybe, number one. Number two, organisations normally start off brave. They start off hungry and they start off foolish and they make amazing mistakes and do great work. Then they have too much to lose. Maybe they're successful or, they're, or they'll go bust, right? But maybe they're successful. Then they're worried about the way that people perceive them. They're worried about how, how the world looks at them. And, and they're, they're worried about stepping outside of their lane and, and therefore they, they don't. And then their lane gets narrower. And then maybe something really big is in their lane. And that's scary because they're going to eat their lunch. And and before you know it, a business has the same constraining beliefs and Nervousness. It has the same What's the word Reticence To play and think big As we do And it goes bust Surrounded by amazing talent That it dared not offer a job to Or surrounded by incredible businesses That it, it dared not approach for work Or surrounded by areas to grow into That it thinks Well that's not what we do That's what they do it's what you do now. There are no boundaries anymore. So, absolutely, Danielle. It's a, it's a, it's a great question, and it's one I I talk about regularly. What happens with us happens with organisations for certain.
0: It's interesting, and I can think of, I can think of businesses and and that, that that's happened to. And also, I was thinking about musicians. You know, when you see bands coming out and they're fresh for new, they're doing doing different things and then a few years down the line people are saying oh they've changed they've sold out they've got too big and you can see how it happens
1: yeah yeah, yeah. For, 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 for certain and music's a great analogy a great series of analogies and I as you indicated earlier I use it a lot to demonstrate how innovation happens how the thing that you're listening to now is normally a reaction to the thing that came before it can be a build, but it's normally a revolution. You know, what what follows punk, that discordant angry guitar drum driven noise where people spat on each other was the New Romantics because that's embroidered and electronic and florid and beautiful and, and a very, very different structurally to punk. Same people, actually. And it, it's, exa- it's exactly the same in other areas of life and I think I think as a band changes, its first wave of fans, they don't want it to change. No. But, but it, they have to change because yeah. otherwise they're just remaking album one. Mm. And the Rolling Stones got stuck there for a little while. Right? But what I love about the Beatles and, and watching Let It Be on on whatever channel it's on, Disney, has been a revelation to me to watch not just how the band has changed in those... Nine years that they were producing 61, yeah, I think it was nine years. But to watch how the the people changed and to watch how the individuals took turns to lead and creatively to to lead, and I think Bowie was it was very similar to this, he was really happy to shed skins and to to become something different. He
0: reinvented himself, Susie Sue, as well. Actually,
1: Susie and the Banshees also were perfectly happy to step away from punk and then into new romantic and then into mainstream. Um, and Bowie was permanently revolting, permanently changing. I yeah. mean. But it's 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 really fascinating. The was that great quote. Is now I use it a lot. Heidi Pride said it. Um, the, the to love someone long term is to um, witness a thousand funerals of the person they used to be. And I apply it to individuals. To love yourself long term is to witness a thousand funerals of the person you used to be. And most importantly, and, and most pokingly to love yourself long term is to witness a thousand funerals of the person you wanted to be and let that shit go and it's the same when you've got a band that you love to love a bad band long term is to witness a thousand funerals of the band they used to be and they change Mm. and and the problem comes when you don't want them to or the problem comes when they don't change Duran Duran's a great example here actually great band first two albums astonishing from birmingham as i'm certain you're aware yeah um rum runner all of them worked in the rum runner nightclub um their first three albums were the first two were good the third one not so good they didn't change anything then for a few albums they've changed again now they're amazing and i I actually really like what they're producing at the moment when the audience wants them to change and the band hasn't that's not as common, but equally as tricky for them to navigate as when the or- when the bands change and the audience are and yell yeah, like their old stuff. Yeah, but they're not doing their old stuff anymore. They've changed.
0: Yeah. How do you think for businesses that want to change? You know, brands are a, brands. I would say they're a, they're an evolving, growing thing. They can, you know, whether it's the climate, economy. You know, values, you know, you have to kind of move with the times. But how do you, you know, how do brands and businesses do that but still hold on to, you know, their core values and their why?
1: Mm. It's a really good question, that is. And um, when I work with companies on purpose and why, I like to keep the why as hippie-ish as I can, as broad as I can. And if if your why is broad, then the the example that Simon Sinek uses when he, he I mean, he stole this idea from somebody else. Did that, he? I yeah, thought it was yeah. his idea. No, no, apparently <laughs> not. It was a, con, a couple who were in consulting. He's he's made it good, yeah. right? He's a good... I met yeah. him, he's a nice Have man. You? Yeah, he's wow. a really wow. nice okay. man. Wow, he's okay. He's a lot nicer than you'd think he mm. should be. Um, I like him. Yeah. But but when he gives that first example, when he talks about Apple, when he talks about our, 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 our why is to everything we do is to challenge the status quo. Mm. That's the kind of level that we we need to be at that big level because if your why is to challenge the status quo and the way that you do that is by making products that are user-friendly, simple to simple to use, then you could make a car. Yeah. You you don't have to make a laptop. You could just do software. You could do food. You you could do a service. It's lovely and broad. So If a company works out its purpose based on its beliefs rather than its functions, because frankly that's a how or a what, Mm. then you'll never stray from it. So it it allows growing room for a business to change and become what it wants to do without losing sight Mm. of its anchor. So So, my dog's snoring. (laughs) already falling asleep there.
0: Zeus has joined us, bless him.
1: He's wearing a lovely jumper.
0: Um, so ultimately, what you're saying is it's about focusing on the the belief and not being too. You were talked about constraints, aren't we? Again, yeah. it's about not being too con- constraint with that belief, totally. so that you've got room to to grow and expand and and try different things. Totally.
1: And some of this stuff can be post hoc, right? So some of this stuff is you know you're a designer because you can design, you can think creatively, you can most important you can turn creative thought into something creativity is nothing other than imagining a world that isn't here yet your skill is actually being able to show the imagining of a world that isn't here yet that's that's a i haven't got that skill that's amazing right if if you have got it once you start doing something with that skill you will do the thing that you believe in so you may become a designer first and then a designer for purpose second once you've become that you could stop doing. You could stop doing design and make music. You could stop doing music and make food. Once you've got your purpose, then you could do anything. But it isn't always what comes first. I'm, I'm acutely aware of that. It's very naive to think, "Well, do the thing that's in your heart." No, do the thing you're good at and that you enjoy, or that makes you smile, or yeah. that you, you find easy. Maybe then the purpose will emerge with it within it, and then that's the thing that will give you the stamina rather than the sprint.
0: That's amazing advice.
1: I, I made it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I before we sort of wrap up, um, I just wanted to know if if you could start a new business, a new venture tomorrow, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a
1: flipping great idea though. you see how I edited myself then yeah. that's a great idea I mean I'm very lucky because I mean we're not awash with cash but we've got a little my son in law and I've got a little coffee business on the side I love I love coffee I'd love to do something with tea I'd like to bring tea mm. back into fashion um, we've got a little publishing company it's something with clothes okay because I like a well-turned ankle i'm a big fan of little flamboyance and um and most importantly not just on me i really get i really get how clothes are cut and i can see straight away where they've not been cut properly and where they're riding up not comfortable don't look as good as mm. they could i've got a really good eye for it i'm not saying that i dress well i'm saying that i've got a good eye for it so i do something with clothes i do something with with um i'm going to use the word fashion okay, The F word. that's
0: interesting I never I never thought about that, yeah. Daniel. You
1: you did you've just done that for me.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I need to I need to find a way to introduce you to my uncle because he does pattern cutting. Wow. And there's not many people no, that's that a do dying that. Art. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um he's worked for all sorts of brands like Levi's and Wrangler and he oh, works really? over in um Amsterdam. Um so yeah, hold on to that idea and, and Hopefully, I can connect you to.
1: Well, totally, and I can connect him to um, the guys that run Mud Jeans. Mm. who are based in Amsterdam. Oh, are yeah. they're, they're a lease-based jeans company. Yeah, um, and they will always be looking for that. And you know, it's it's funny, you know. I, I, if you'd have asked me that yesterday, I'd probably given you a different answer. Because I love I love yeah. any business. There isn't yeah. a business that I'm not interested in. Yeah, I'm looking at the do- my daughter's swing hanging out of a tree and thinking. Cause that could be better, what, what, what if you did that? Why if you put a little <laughs> wide junction there that Where does it that. stop? Yeah and so and so choosing one thing is really yeah. hard, but when I sit and think about it, that's what it would be. It would be it would be clothes.
0: amazing.
1: I love that idea. right: what, have to what's, do it now.
0: yeah, watch your space. Um, so what book or film would you recommend to oh, my audience? God.
1: That's a bit out of the blue. Yeah. Um, what book or what film? What are you
0: reading at the moment, or what well, have I've, you watched recently? I've
1: just finished reading both of Alexei Sales' biographies, which were set in the uh, 60s and 70s. He was raised a communist. He's a comedian. He was raised a communist. And um, it's about, it's as much about life during those times. It's really interesting, actually. There's a fantastic podcast with him and Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee is my favourite comedian by M- Miles. And um, also from the Midland Solihull. And they talk about the time that they went to university. And they talk about, we thought it was normal to be able as a state-educated kid to go to university for free, to maybe dick about for three years yeah. and then change your mind <laughs> and do something else, and that's okay, to leave having no debt other than a mild overdraft, But having worked out what you're doing to then be able to sign on and maybe get some kind of um, kind of like community support or enterprise allowance scheme for you to play around and and find something else to do. Um, And they became comedians and then they, they could perform in a town where the people could afford to live there would go and see them. And he said, literally every single part of that has changed. Yeah. So the problem with the right is they only make the one mistake and they only make it once and they don't go back and make it again. The problem with the left is they keep making the same mistakes. And post-war, giving free education right the way through to post-degree, that was a mistake mm. from the right. Yeah. And, and there's this ama- it's an amazing conversation about how, how the structure of society changed in 30 years and then has gone back. And there's some, there's some stuff here. So I'm reading his biography. Okay. Um, so that isn't a, um, that's a smart book. That's yeah. a, wow, that's an interesting mm. book. Look, absolute, absolutely loving that. Um, and from, in terms of a smart book, what am I reading at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading um, Donut Economics, which I've been meaning to read for ages. Um, I'm reading, I'm reading Gabo Marte's The Power of Now, which has been out for yonks, but I've never actually read it. Um, I'd recommend both of those. Okay. And then what am I watching? Well, you'd expect me to say don't look up, because everyone's watching it, <laughs> yeah. and the the links to climate change and what I do are massive. I watched it. I fell asleep for an hour. Oh. I still watched an hour and a half. T- too much of it.
0: Okay, I thought
1: it was dreadful. Wow, okay. I thought it was clumsy and dreadful, and I think the public needs to change their perceptions in a different way.
0: Okay, so don't watch. Don't look up.
1: When I watch it. <laughs> But 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 there are better ways mm. of changing the, our view on sustainability. I think um, I genuinely be, believe that. Mm. Um, there's some really fascinating stuff. I've, well, I we just told you I watched the Beatles um, "Let It Be." That yeah. was really really interesting for lots of. So the interesting thing about that it's not about sustainability, obviously. It's about creativity. It's about it's about co-creation. Watching there's a moment right the first film. John was troubled at that point and and was quite darkly into drugs, I believe. And he's not really with it. But there's a moment in the second film where John's with it. And Paul very much leads the first film and he's quite clearly a genius. But there's a moment in the second film where John and Paul, I call it the tunnel, where they're in the tunnel and they're looking at each other. And no one else in the room matters. And it's really interesting because until that point, George was quite... Vocal and was—he's amazing, genius. He was genius, creative. But you can see George feel pushed out. I know why the Beatles split up. It wasn't Yoko. It never was Yoko that split the Beatles up. So that's just misogyny. George split the Beatles up because he was getting too big for the role that he had there. Yeah. But there's this moment where where John and Paul are in the tunnel, and they're co-creating and they're riffing. And it's electric, and that's what it must have been like in the early '60s because obviously let it be as they as they fell apart and th- and, and I've really enjoyed watching that I, I love the music and the fashions and all that sort of stuff but it's the creative process that i've really I've really learned a shitload about, and I've, it's, it's absolutely enlivened me. To do something actually, to do something else.
0: That's awesome. And to
1: find someone to be in the tunnel with. I mean, I'm in the tunnel with my wife, obviously, but yeah. we, we work together. But to 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 find a creative partner like that, um, I think was really, really, really powerful. Um, what else have I seen recently that I've really enjoyed? Um, nothing.
0: Okay, that's no. fine. That's no, plenty. N-
1: nothing of <laughs> substance. Yeah. Lots of flimflam, mm. right? I've really enjoyed. Um, what's it called? Something trial. Um,
0: well, there's nothing wrong with chilling out and watching something that's yeah. not. Well, there is. You know. There
1: is because because it, you end up watching it before you go to sleep, and then yeah, there's there's. I like to be challenged, but, mm. like, but I haven't been recently. Okay. I interesting Apart from Let It Be, yeah. which I learned, I've learned loads about it. I've actually I do love loads the Beatles,
0: so I'll definitely check but that. But but even if
1: you don't, it's a long fucking watch. right yeah. But even if you don't like the Beatles, oh, there was another one. Even if you don't like the Beatles. Like how they make music, mm. that's the magic, mm. and the other one that I really enjoyed, and it's been out a while now it's on the BBC It's the Blair and Brown years, and i I was alive obviously at that point ninety seven I was very much alive, and um I remember the positivity that those two swept into, and again, it's a bit like the John and Paul thing. There was this partnership that was very equal and worked beautifully, and then it derailed. And they derailed for lots and lots of reasons. But the reason I, I, I enjoyed that little mini-series was it was an era where politicians still had, well, shame, honesty, integrity. Even though they made the wrong decisions, yeah. right? I'm not going to get into the war thing. I, I, I hear everything about that. I understand and I agree. But when they made mistakes, they put the hand up and went, it was a mistake. And I yearn when I look at when I compare how that government and to be fair, the Thatcher government, the, the John Major government ran. I'm not. It's not a party political thing at all. I look at that era of politicians and I think honourable and relatively honest. I look at this era of politicians.
0: Where's the integrity?
1: <laughs> well, where's the shame? Where's the integrity? They are post everything. Mm-hmm. They post apology. And, and I think oh god come back and I don't mind which colour it comes back I, want, I just want the adults to arrive again yeah. that's what I want so, so uh, it's interesting it's a great question because I hadn't made the link before they're the two, they're the two um, non-fiction things I've enjoyed the most um, and the, they're both about partnerships yeah. they're both about creative leadership and governance in a funny kind of way and I've loved every minute of them. And I, I, I what have we just finished watching? We've just finished watching something else the other night, and um, and I and I, I've got that little bit of a hangover moment. You know, when you finish a series and you're like, "What do I watch what's now?" Next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I'm actually not looking because, <laughs> well, because I was reading Alexi Sale, mm. but I finished that last night. So now I am genuine. I'm a double hangover
0: right,
1: now. Okay. What do I? What do I read next? <laughs> I'll find something. <laughs>
0: I'm sure, you will. Bob
1: Mortimer, that's what I'm going to read next. Okay, yeah.
0: okay. Wow, well, um, just before we close, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. Thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. Um, for people that maybe want to listen to more of what you've got to say, yeah. where, can, where can people find you online?
1: Okay, so, um This is ape.co.uk is our website. As um, everyone says, it's out of date and it's being updated. Those things are both true. But you can find out what we do for work there. Um, Probably the easiest place to go is reasons to be cheerful.co.uk, where all of our blogs, all of the conversations I've had with people, they're all there. I've got a podcast, which is on Apple and Spotify and all the places you'd expect to it's called making things better making better things we'll search my name and you'll find it on there on instagram i'm mark shaler that is my preferred that is my preferred social media platform if i'm honest um, i am on facebook but i hate it uh, i am on twitter as green ape that's a that's a throwback to the 2007 when i thought everyone had to have a different name for social media um but i'm not i don't post very often um and I'm on YouTube. I've got a number of films on sustainability, innovation and purpose. And some of the TV stuff I've done on on there as well. So yeah, I'm not hard to find. No.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much Loved it. for Thanks joining you. me today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: And Zeus was quite good in the end. Yeah. So I'm pleased. Well with done, that. Zeus. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs>
0: Cheers. <laughs> we mm-hmm.